Well, welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life radio program. God bless you today. We will be in 1 Peter chapter 4 today, and we're going to be talking about being good stewards of the manifold grace of God. The Apostle Peter has some very uh, good and powerful things to say in this chapter, and I'm sure that uh, by the time we finish, we're going to be extremely blessed He talks about not only the life that we're living now, but the life that we will live in the future. So praise God. Very exciting chapter. But before we begin, let's hear from the Gospel of John. Notice in uh, John chapter 8, it says, You are the light of the world. He who follows you shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And then in John chapter 6, You are the bread of life. He who comes to you shall never hunger, and he who believes in you shall never thirst. And then John chapter 4, whoever drinks of the water that you shall give him will never thirst, but the water that you shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Of course, all three passages of Scripture speaking of Jesus himself. Amen. That's our declaration. That's our affirmation of who Jesus is. Amen. He is the light of the world and he's made us the light of the world. He is the bread of life. Amen. And we eat that bread and we live and he is the water of life. Amen. And we have tasted and we have seen that the Lord truly is good. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we bless you today in the name of Jesus. And we're so thankful for the word of God today. We're so thankful, Father, that the Holy Spirit can direct our hearts concerning your word. And we know, Father, that in your word is the anchor of our soul. Praise God. And all the word testifies uh, to the majesty and the greatness and the glory of our Savior, Christ. So, Father, uh, we live in him. We breathe in him. Our life is in him. And so, Lord, we thank you today. And we also thank you for the Holy Spirit that reveals truth to us. So, Holy Spirit, come alongside of us. Help us both in the ministry of the word and in the receiving of the word of God. Teach us today and we give you praise, honor and glory for that. In Jesus name. Amen and amen. All right. First Peter chapter four. Now, this chapter really relates principally to the manner that uh, that we are to live and to what we have to look forward to. And I know that in our life there is a measure of suffering. There are things that we have to endure because we're in a world that's not perfect and we live in bodies that are not perfect. But I'm telling you that if we fully and completely trust in our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, we can and will live the abundant life. Amen. Praise God. Now, Jesus loves us. God loves us. And he has a plan for us. Amen. Praise God. And we, of course, we find that plan in the word of God. So let's begin. First Peter chapter four. Uh, This section I've entitled living in holiness before God and before the world. That's how part of our witness is throughout this world. Notice in verse one, it says, for as much then. As Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself likewise with the same mind, for he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin. Let's break this verse down a little bit. Notice uh, that Peter says that Christ has suffered in the flesh. Well, he did that on the cross. He did that for you and he did that for me. 
He who knew no sin was made to be sin for us so that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And because uh, Christ has suffered in the flesh and through death he ceased from sin. Notice that Peter then says, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. That word arm yourselves really means to weaponize. So Peter is telling us now weaponize yourselves with the same mind as was the mind of Christ that uh, he suffered on the cross. Amen. And that suffering caused him to cease from sin. Well, we're dead. That's what Paul tells and writes. uh, He wrote to the Colossian church and says, for you are dead in Christ. So we're we are dead to sin. And because we are dead to sin, we are to live, amen, in righteousness, amen. So we, through the new birth, we're empowered by Christ to live our life dead to sin, praise God. And I like the way um, J. Vernon McGee translates cease from sin. He translates this phrase here, to be released from, amen. When we die to sin, we're released from it, and God comes in, and Christ comes in, the power of God comes in, the Holy Spirit comes in and empowers us to be able to live a godly life, a life lived for the glory of God. Amen. Then verse two, Peter writes that he no longer should live the rest of his life in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. Paul wrote this. Notice this in Romans chapter six, beginning in verse 10. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. John Owen wrote a book entitled The Death of Death and the Death of Christ. (laughs) Praise God. Amen. So we are to live our life to the will of God. Amen. And remember in uh, Luke chapter one, when uh, Zacharias, uh, after his tongue was loosed and he gave that long refrain, there's one thing he said that stands out to me, and that is this, that we are to live our lives in righteousness and in holiness all of our days. Amen. So this is how we live our life to the glory of God. Amen. Now, verse three, for the time past that our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lasciviousness and lust, excessive wine, revelings, banquetings and abominable idolatries. I want you to notice something. I want you to notice how Paul or Peter rather identifies himself with his readers. Even though the sins that he's speaking of were not the type of sins that the Jews would commit. But yet still he includes himself. When we walked, when we walked, amen, praise God. And so Peter is saying, I was a sinner just like you. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Amen. So I have nothing to to tout about concerning my former life. It was of nothing. Amen. My life did not actually begin until I came to Christ and was born again. Amen. Hallelujah. So I know you and I, we suffer, you know, bad 
and shame and bad memories about our past life, especially now that we're in Christ. But listen, all of that is in the past. Every sin that you commit, you and I committed right up to the moment that we got born again, all of those sins were washed away in the blood of Jesus. He has taken those sins and thrown them in the sea of forgetfulness. He'll never remind you again of those sins. Now, one thing I've learned since becoming a believer in Christ, there still are things, you know, we're all in a, in, in a you know, stage, different stages of development. There are sins that we commit. And from time to time, in prayer, the Holy Spirit will bring those things up. And the reason he does that is because he wants us to repent of them so that he can cleanse us. Amen. Praise God. See, the Holy Spirit's working for us. He doesn't work against us. He's working for us, bringing us to that place of spiritual maturity. Amen. Praise God. I tell you, we really need to spend some time there, don't we? Verse four, when they think it's strange that you run not with them to the same excess of right, speaking evil of you. But now notice this here. Peter, once again, he begins to talk about the end times. Who shall give an account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead or the alive and the dead? Jesus is standing at the door. Amen. Now, no man knows when the Lord is going to return. No man knows, Father only. But now, what Peter is mentioning here in verse 5 really is the doctrine of imminency. Paul preached the doctrine of imminency. The entire New Testament preaches the doctrine of imminency. Peter here mentions over and over and over again the coming of the Lord. He believed thoroughly in the doctrine of imminency. And really, that's exactly how we should live. We should live our lives as if Jesus is going to come in the next few minutes. Amen. Can you imagine if somebody that has lived a very loose, sinful life all of a sudden realizes that Jesus is coming in the next 10 minutes? Can you imagine how what that person is going to do in the next 10 minutes? <laughs> a lot of repenting. Amen. Praise God. Well, let's not live our lives like that. Let's not sin all week thinking, well, you know, I can get it all straightened out when I go to church on Sunday. No, let's not live like that. Let's live our lives as if Jesus were going to come in just the next few minutes. Amen. That's listen. That is a powerful life to live when we understand. Amen. That we are not to live our life in the flesh, but we are to live our life to the glory of God. Amen. Praise God. And notice what uh, Peter writes in verse six. For this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead. Those that have passed on before that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. Amen. Every believer that has gone on to be with the Lord has gone through this process of being judged dead to sin, but alive to God. Amen. Praise God. And so. When I stand before the Lord Jesus Christ, amen, I want to know that there's nothing coming up behind me at the judgment bar of God that has preceded me that I've got to give an account for. I want to make sure that my life is lived from the very moment, amen, that I leave this world, that very moment now, 
that my life has been lived for the glory of God, that there's nothing in the past, amen, that still remains in the past. All of it has been washed away by the blood of Jesus. Praise God. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. Amen. That's what we're striving for, perfection. And the Holy Spirit will help us if we'll just lean on him and if we'll just put the word of God first and lean on the Holy Spirit to direct our heart. Amen. He'll get us to that place of spiritual maturity. He will. That's what his intent is. Amen. Praise God. All right. Now, this next section I've entitled Sober Watching Under Prayer and Faithful Stewardship. Notice verse seven. But now the end of all things is a hand. Once again, here's Peter speaking of the end times. But the end of all things is, a, is at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch into prayer. Sober means to be of a ready mind. That means to be clear headed, to have a pur- purposeful head, purposeful mind, to know already the way the situation is. We live in a world that is encompassed with darkness and is getting darker. Evil is waxing more evil. So we need to be sober and we need to watch into prayer. Now, this term watch into prayer is speaking of we need to keep our light burning, but also in our praying, we need to have our spiritual antenna up. Amen. We, we don't need to be in a place where we fall asleep. And that's really what uh, Peter is speaking of here when he speaks of being sober We don't need to go to sleep when it concerns the things that are around us and it concerns the state of our nation, the state of the world or the state of our church. Amen. I certainly hope that we're praying for our church, that we're praying for our leaders. Amen. That we're building a wall of protection around them. Amen. And that we're praying continually and thanking God that he surrounds us with songs of deliverance. And we need to watch into prayer. We need to be praying for our leaders, for our president, for our government, local, state, federal. We need to be praying for our family, those that have the rule over us. Amen. That the devil doesn't catch us by surprise. Amen. Remember what Isaiah said, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord shall raise a standard against him. Amen. We want to have our eyes opened. Amen. And become very aware of all the plots, schemes and devices of the devil. Remember what Paul said in Ephesians chapter six. Amen. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And then verse eight, Peter says this. And above all things, put on fervent love with one another among yourselves, for love covers the multitude of sins. Now, that's so true. That's so true in our congregation. There are those that are not going to be living up to the standards of Christianity all the time. They're going to be those that fall and falter. There's always going to be those that are weak. And we need to we need to love them. Amen. What did Jesus do when he found us? He loved us, loved us enough to pick us up, forgive us, put the spirit of God, something on the inside of us. You know, people today have something to be put inside of them. Amen. Especially in times where there's a lot of fear, a lot of panic, uh, people losing hope. Let's let's put something in people. 
Let's put something of our preaching and our teaching into people. Amen. Let's encourage one another. Let's love one another. Amen. Praise God. And then verse nine, Peter says this, use hospitality one to another without grudging. In other words, let's be generous to one another. Let's not do it begrudgingly, do it out of a, uh, uh, you know, doing it because it's our duty. No, let's do it out of a heart of love, a desire for, uh, you know, for people to be better. Amen. Praise God. As every man, verse 10, has received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Amen. Each of us have been given special abilities. And these special abilities have been given to us for us to use uh, to help one another. Amen. And by helping one another, we pass on to them many, many blessings. Let's let's be a church and a people that's filled with blessings. I tell you, I read reports of volunteers and Whenever there's a catastrophe or uh, some horrible thing has happened in a particular city, uh, there's just volunteers that give up of their time and they go there and they volunteer and they help and just to be a blessing to people. I tell you, that's such a picture of Christ. Amen. Now, something that Peter said over in Acts chapter three, I want to read it to you. He says this now unto you first, God, having raised up his son, Jesus, sent him to bless you and turning away every one of you from his iniquities. Notice how Peter says that unto you first, God, having raised up his son, Jesus, sent him to bless you. You have been sent into this world to be a blessing. God blesses you. Amen. And now you can turn around and be a blessing. Praise the Lord. Now, verse 11, if any man speak, let him speak as unto the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God gives. That God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. So I want to ask you a question. Are you called to preach? Well, then you preach with all of your heart. Amen. With everything that is within you. Preach as though God himself were speaking through you. Are you called to be a helper? Are you called to be part of the helps ministry? Then do it. And do it with all the strength and all the energy that God will supply. Amen. For what purpose? We preach as if God were speaking through us. We help others with all the strength and the energy that God will supply us. For what purpose? So that God will be glorified. Be glorified through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and who is our Savior. I tell you, that is just such good wisdom. Good preaching, Brother Peter. Amen. All right. Now, this next section I've entitled Suffering as a Believer in Christ. Uh, Peter now goes back to suffering because the people he were writing to, they were suffering a lot, a lot more than what we are. Amen. So if you're suffering today, I want you to take consolation in the word of God because the word is your help. Look at verse 12. Beloved, 
Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed. Here we go again. Peter, once again, he's speaking of the end times. That when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. Amen. Hallelujah. For the joy that was set before him, Jesus Christ endured the cross, despising the shame. What was the joy set before him? Well, fulfilling and finishing the will of God, but also bringing many sons to glory. You're his joy. You're his crown of rejoicing, praise the Lord. Amen. God is happy that you are in his kingdom. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So we don't need to be taken over or by surprise by fiery trials. Uh, we will have to walk through fiery trials in our personal life, in our family life, in our community or in a church. Amen. But now if we take these things patiently, if we handle them by staying in the word of God and, and staying in prayer and walking in victory, and we are determined, amen, that we are going to walk above these things and believe that God will lift our head up above our enemies, that he will set our feet upon solid ground, amen, and that we will have no fear. That's the word for today. We will have no fear. No fear here, amen. Why? Because our heart is filled with faith, because we're staying in the word of God. We're staying prayed up, staying filled with the spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. And then Paul reminded us way back in the first chapter. Notice what he says here. He says that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire might be found under praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So here's a reason why we are not exempt from testings and from trials. God is tempering us. He is hardening, hardening us. Amen. Through faith in Christ. So that when we appear before the Lord Jesus Christ, our faith that has been tried, that has been tempered, will be found unto praise and honor and glory of God, because you and I will have to give an account. Amen. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. Now, we don't need to be afraid of that. We need to be rejoicing in that. Amen. If we just follow along with what the Apostle Peter is exhorting us to do and to be. Amen. Verse 14, if ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part, those who are the reproachers, on their part, he's evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. So this is why we take it patiently. This is why we pray for them that uh, hate us, that abuse us. Amen. This is why we don't strike back. We don't give eye for eye or, or you know, evil for evil. We don't do that. We bless. We pray. We keep silent, just like Jesus did the entire time that he was being pummeled and that he was being lied about and that he was being tortured and he was being judged unjustly. Uh, he held his tongue. He wouldn't speak. Amen. The only words he spake were words of blessing and of hope 
and of faith and of endurance, of patience. I tell you, uh, we study the crucifixion, the arrest, the trial, the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ. What a lesson on patience and long suffering. We can learn something from that. Amen. Now, when Peter says here, happy ye are, he's talking about blessed, being blessed. We're blessed. We, we, we're blessed because why? We endure reproaches for the name of Christ. Amen. Praise God. Now, listen to this. This is in Acts chapter five. And to him they agreed. And when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. What a tremendous testimony for us today. Amen. All right. Verse 15. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. Once again, our life, our whole duty is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. If we glorify God in this life, we will be sure to enjoy him forever in eternity. That's really what the catechism means. Amen. So we are not by any means to suffer as a murderer. We're not to suffer as a thief or as an evildoer or as somebody who is a troublemaker. Amen. But we are called to suffer as a Christian. Amen. Not all of us. Some of us heavier than others. But yeah, we are. We are to suffer as a believer because when we enter into this world, we're going to have to represent the Lord Jesus Christ. And oftentimes that means uh, suffering for the suffering shame for the name of Jesus. But now if we suffer as a believer, we're not to feel ashamed. We'll suffer shame, but we're not to feel ashamed. Why? Because we're glorifying God if we take it patiently. Amen. Hallelujah. So verse 17 says, for the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. Here we go again. Peter reminding us that there is a judgment coming for the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall be the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? Now, I want to read to you a prophecy by John the Baptist, and it's found over Matthew chapter three, nine through twelve. I want you to listen to this. And think not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham to our father. He's speaking to the Pharisees now. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. Isn't that what Peter's been speaking to us about? That we are living stones. We've been raised up a spiritual house. But now notice in verse 10. And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which brings not forth fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. John the Baptist is speaking of that generation there. They are the trees that he's speaking of. Amen. Verse 11, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that comes after me is mighty than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to unloose. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, a refiner's fire, a fire of the Holy Ghost that uh, that burns sin out of our life 
ungodliness out of our life and prepares us, amen, to be that fire on the altar that brings glory and brings the presence of God. Oh, that's good preaching. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. What an admonition for us today. Amen. Praise God. This is why we live in holiness. This is why we live for God to glorify him. Amen. And then Paul finishes this chapter by saying, and if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore, let him that suffers according to the will of God commit the keeping of his soul to him and well-doing and unto a faithful creator. When we are reviled, just like Jesus, when he was reviled, he reviled not. If we are reviled in this life, we are not to pay eye for eye, tooth for tooth. We're not to revile back, but we are to commit ourselves, the keeping of ourselves to our Savior the Lord Jesus Christ. I tell you, that is such great teaching by the Apostle Peter. Heavenly Father, we love you today with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Lord, and we take these words and we apply them immediately to our heart by faith so that in everything that we say or do, we may be pleasing unto you and our life may be bring glory, much glory to our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We give you praise and honor In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.